Hello, Vegas Golden Knights fans. Welcome to our fourth episode of Ladies of the Knights, Slashin' and Hookin', a passion podcast by women who love talking hockey, specifically about our hometown team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Kim, welcome back. We're in the middle of playoffs. Can you Ooh, believe it? It's exciting. We've started, we're first, first week, but there's so many games going on every day. It's like I'm looking at my phone constantly to see who won and what time. I mean, I think there were five games yesterday or five games today I can't remember which well I yeah and what about the other night when we had that really long where the two teams went into overtime five overtimes it had pushed that night that evening game into the next morning so really you could have woken up the next day at 8 a.m and been watching hockey the entire day yeah actually I was watching that game (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, let's talk about that but before we do I guess we have to do our traditional smelling salts we need to get amped up a little bit I was just looking at this and it says athletic smelling salts and this is what it's supposed to do bring you strength energy and focus you might have told us that already at one of our probably podcasts, but all right it's my turn to go yes first. your I'm, turn and just for the record i'm gonna go online and maybe try a new brand just to see if there's difference let's do okay here we go oh, oh. <laughs> oh there we go your turn oh oh i'm gonna i saw some guy doing taking like three I'm four five one. hits oh I didn't see him make any of the faces that we usually make. Okay, though. that one went back right up into my brain, I think. Yeah, you're going to end up with a headache. <sighs> All right. All right. We're going. Okay, my eye is watering on the right-hand <laughs> side. Just so you know, my right eye is shedding a tear. Do you see that? I so do. <laughs> All right. Now okay. we're ready to go. We are ready to go. So we kind of teased last week that we'd be talking, um, or I guess in our Instagram story, that we'd be talking about goalies this week. Um, there's... Just a lot of issues going on with goalies, and um, but first we want to start with our first period, just talking about what happened this last week. Right, some um, highlights of the week. Absolutely. So it's been a week since we talked. I think last time we were, I can't remember what I was checking a score when we talked last week on the Friday. Um, but that's some highlights. Okay. So first of all, we played two games. Mm-hmm. We're playing against Chicago. Right. We've won both of our games. So absolutely. Far. Yes. Play again tomorrow. And the Avalanche is so far, I say so far, the only other team that's won both their games. Mm-hmm. Because today we have t- every other team that has played both games has is a split one and one. Um, tonight, we're I think as we speak right now, Vancouver is playing. Who's Vancouver playing? Um, <laughs> St. Louis. Okay. And they were going into overtime. Oh. And if Vancouver wins, they will have won both the games. If St. Louis wins, it'll be a one tie, one one. Okay. And then the other game that's going on is Islanders. Ten, the Islanders versus Washington. Yes. And the Islanders we hate won the, the first Capitals. Game. We do hate the Capitals <laughs> because they took the Stanley Cup in our house. That was awful. Or a barn, as they say, mm. when it's your arena, it's called the barn. So yeah. But the Islanders are leading right now three two and it's Good the news. end of the second period with about two minutes left in the second Any period. Any word on have they started overtime yet on the I don't know. Okay. Don't we won't that. spend our time. So yeah, so that's exciting. We're doing really well. And um in fact, uh how well are we doing? Um Jesse Granger put out a tweet um earlier just before I came here about the number of days since our last loss mm-hmm. they were looking at the teams within the playoffs and we lead the pack with 161 
days since our last loss because we were kind Love of it. on a streak and then we've won all the round robins mm -hmm. and we won two more games absolutely the team behind us next to us just for a reference sake is vancouver guess how many days it's been since their loss how many 12 wow yeah that's crazy Wow, I know we had a lot of time off, but everybody got their, that amount Still, of time off. Yeah. All it says is that we've got a, the best record since coming back and a pretty good one beforehand, mm -hmm. before we quit. So there you so go. So true. So speaking of goalies, Leonard started um, in the goal for yep. this series um, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about his skate? Yes. <laughs> that was kind of news. <laughs> so yeah, in last night's game, um, he lost a couple of, or he lost two, his blade. I think it was two the first days. two days. It was the first game. The first game. Yeah, because he started again last night. It You're was, right. It's the second game. You're and right. He had his new skate. I'm sorry on. about that. That's all right. Yeah. So he lost his blade. Um, in fact, I was like, "Why is he laying down in the goal? What is going on? <laughs> Get up! But why does he keep falling down?" And then finally, you could see the uh, blade there shimmering on the ice. Um, then like, he had that, it, like that little toe. He's kind of walking on his toe. Yeah, he's hobbling around on one toe, <laughs> and they don't stop play nope. for that. And why don't they stop play? Well, it's a rule that any equipment, with the exception of one piece of equipment, if it falters or comes off or whatever, there's no whistle blown. There's no stop play, with the exception of the goalie mask for safety reasons, mm -hmm. of course. So if a player loses a helmet then he's immediately required to go to the bench. Right. Get off the ice right away. Unless he can pick up the his helmet, helmet and put, put it on. right back on. Typically what you see, because is them, yeah, I suppose. if it, yeah. yeah, I think technically they can do that, yes. but generally they they're, they're just, just going to go off. straight to the bench. Yeah. That's why you see guys with sticks kind of, you know, they're still out there without their sticks sometimes. Right. You know, or other whatever. But the goalie mask is the one piece of equipment that... The referee will blow the whistle and stop play. Mm -hmm. And there's been a couple of times, I don't remember what season it was, maybe last season or the season before, that sometimes you think, that goalie took his mask off. You know, mm, that, was in yeah. that was done on purpose to stop play. And, you know, you sometimes get that. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. And then DeBoer had uh, made mention that it was, uh, you know, partly his responsibility to make sure his equipment is in good working order. And he's apparently been on these same skates for the last four years. I know. That's a long time, especially they, for a big guy like that. They must be his favorite. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it's superstition. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. But they had to, like, practically, I don't know, duct tape them on. I don't know if that's true or not. But they, they, I mean, they were doing some work on them. There was a little tweet put out, a little meme with the big panda bear duct taping his skates onto his feet, which Excellent. was cute because, yeah, I saw that. That was funny. That's great. Yeah, so I I was kind of a little put out. I did like what DeBoer said, though. Like, that's it's your responsibility as a player. He says, that's kind of on Leonard, mm -hmm. you know. Or said sure. that to the press, you know, you got to take care of your equipment. And, you know, I learned that they were four-year-old skates. Yeah, like, you've got a good team here. You can ask for new skates or whatever. <laughs> get your skates in anyway. We have a little bit of money laying around for yeah, that. It's funny. So how did you think we did overall in our play? You're the girl that's the best at telling our team details. But I, I think that we didn't do great last game. Um, it was not our strongest performance. Um... I think that um, that we are still trying to find our game a little bit. I mean, we are stronger than Chicago for mm -hmm. sure, but there were a lot of mistakes made. I, I, I feel the same way. And I feel like I'm probably a little overly critical of our team, but um, 
you know, I just expect them to be the best. And you know, you've pointed out before where that divorce said we're never going to have a perfect game. Mm-hmm. We always do, at least you know, through the round robin and these last two games, we are always able to pull it out in the third. We have been. We just come out playing really, really strong in the and third. Tight and tight uh we find a way to to make uh to make it work and to win so that's positive but i did see a lot of turnovers um a lot of giving up goals i didn't see a lot of takeaways that we normally see mm-hmm. and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about one of my favorite You're gonna guys call out your guy <laughs> Go call. for it. I'm going to call out my guy because I really struggled uh, at the last game with Mark Stone and his attitude. I thought he was, um, you know, kind of bratty uh, <laughs> during, especially particularly during the second. Was it the second? Yeah, I think it was. Um, and where he had a, a penalty called on him, he had gotten hit up against the boards. I didn't think it was a particularly hard hit. I don't know what happened before that. I don't know if that player had been, you know, goading him for a while or, you know, just razzing him for a little bit or if he'd hit him multiple times, but he got hit and he just turned around and took a stick and whacked him in the in his side. And I just thought it was an overly emotional response mm-hmm. um, to, to the situation. And then... Uh, from what I could tell, it threw a little temper tantrum, uh, went off. Mm-hmm. It was only about a minute left in mm-hmm. the period, but he went straight back to the dressing room, and which led to Carrier sitting in the box for, for him. him. So he had a little hissy fit. Yeah, a little hissy fit. That's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a little bit disappointed. I didn't see... I love his expressiveness. I love yeah. his enthusiasm. I love when um, you know he gets excited. But even when he scored his goal, uh, he was happy about that. But it, I don't know if it was Same if rhythm. happy was is the right word. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he was oh, expressive a- about it, but not in the most positive way either. It Should've- was kind of like. Yeah, finally, or now let's get this going. So mm. I don't know if it's the influx in his line, having different players come in and out, not having that stability in the line. I don't know if he, you know, doesn't agree with some things the that are going on, all the, the change-ups and everything. And they are, you know, moving guys around on the lines frequently, it feels like, yeah. or more frequently than usual. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. I, I can't get in his head, but I wasn't. I wasn't thrilled. So I have to confess, I didn't watch the game in its entirety yesterday. I did watch. I missed the first period. I came in kind of partway through the second period, and I. I feel that I was just happy that we won. Um, I was kind of a little bit distracted, so not paying as much attention as you tend to pay on exactly how they're performing. And I'm always looking at my phone to see what other teams are doing and how well they're, mm-hmm. they're doing to sort of look at the overall picture. Well, I think I always need to bring myself back to the idea that we're not going to win every single right. game. And you're gonna, we're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and that's fine. So, you know, there, I, I, do feel, uh, I do feel myself trying to relax yes. and just watch and see what happens and that it will eventually work itself out. Um, but I do know that these guys want to win, and they're there to win, and that's what I love about them. So I think that's why I usually get yeah. amped up about it. So yeah. before we go into the second, let's just take a couple minutes to talk what we sort of started talking about, which is this game with the Blue Jackets in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. where the five P 
periods of overtime. Right. And I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on it. You, I remember you said, oh, boring. It was so boring. It was such a boring <laughs> overtime. <laughs> but yet, on the other hand, it was kind of funny. and ex- Well, funny. It was exciting that, I mean, they made some history there. There was the most saves ever made in any given any day, any game. It was the fourth longest game in history. It had the most time on ice, most shots on attempts. There were some, there were some records made sure. that, you know, that's pretty historical. And it'll go down in history for both of those teams to remember the time when we put, you know, mm-hmm. five overtimes. Yeah. And what I thought was the funniest thing is I saw on Twitter. Um, the next day, it was the um, the Hurricanes social media had sent out a tweet that said, um, I'm not trying to be a tattletale, but um, we were supposed to be on the ice at 8 o'clock and Tampa Bay and, and Columbus won't get off, <laughs> which was kind of cute. Yeah, classic. So, yeah. I love when uh, when social media, when our social media guys step up across the board. It's super yeah. fun. All right. Okay, let's move on to the our second period. We want to talk about the role of goalies in playoffs. And in particular, it seemed like a, a theme going into these playoffs is having two have a team having two starting goalies or two goalies that would be considered starters. Um, and right now we have about we have seven that were specifically named or where their coaches had said, you know, or have been interviewed and have um, communicated that they look to both of those goalies as yeah. a potential to, um, to start. Uh, that would be the Bruins, the Hurricanes, the Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis, Dallas Stars, and New York Islanders. Um, and of course us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, DeBoer's been really, really clear, hasn't he, about we have two starting goalies. And I think that I might, I might, I, I don't know if I have a different opinion than this a little bit, that that not all these teams have starting goalies, but certainly they have really strong goalies, you know, because you have to have more than one goalie. Can, you know, will they play them? I think if you have two starting goalies, you'll play them kind of evenly. Mm-hmm. If you have two strong goalies, you're going to go with the one that's strong and keep playing, 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 and then you throw in the other guy now and again. Right. So well, I think most of the coaches, too, were talking about we have an idea of who's going to start, but we're watching to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening with us as well. At least that's what they seem to be communicating is we're, when we started um, the round robin, the, the um, DeBoer had talked about they're each going to play two games. We're going to see what happens, and that will help me to decide what's going to happen going into the first series of playoffs. And so, and that's what he's stuck to. And he is stuck to that even now. But even when he's interviewed now, he still is saying, we have two goalies, two starting goalies. I'm making a decision every day. Day to day, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed is, so Jason will always say, goalies are a different breed. Like they really are kind of a different type of a player. And it takes a different kind of training. It's different kind of, um, athleticism, different types of everything for a goalie. You know what I noticed about Leonard yesterday when he was interviewed? What's that? He didn't blink. Like <laughs> he was staring and staring and staring, and he didn't blink. And I thought, I wonder if he's afraid to take his eye off the puck. You know, like I wonder <laughs> if goalies actually keep their eyes open; they don't yeah. dare blink because he. It was kind of a little disconcerting. Like that guy hasn't yeah. blinked yet. He always the whole looks interview. Like that. Mm-hmm. He always looks. <laughs> so like now that. I'm going to make it a point to see check out other goalies when they're interviewed. Uh, 
Do they blink? Yeah. I have my theories about that, but I think I'm going to keep them to myself. <laughs> okay. But they do say that goaltending is key to, obviously, a Stanley Cup pursuit. You've got to have a strong goaltender, netminder. And um, the other thing I've heard is defense, a strong defensive team wins cups. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we were scrambling. If you, if you remember some of the criticism about our team a while back at the beginning of the years, we didn't have the strong defensive cars. So we got, I mean, we had strength, but maybe not as strong as we needed. So we brought Absolutely. in Alex Martinez. And I'm trying to think probably others that I can't think of off the top of my head. But um, we're much stronger now. Zach Whitecloud. Yes, he's <clears throat> been so amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I read uh, somebody had said in the last day or two, he seems ahead of his time. Mm. Like he just is really smart about how he plays and very mature mm -hmm. about how he plays more so than uh, than a lot of the other guys. So he's doing he's doing really well. Okay. Is there anything else about goalies we need to talk about? I mean, I had a list of go. I did looked at a lot of statistics. I looked at a lot of you know. I did this. Okay, I need to tell you this. This was really interesting because I I think it was out of Boston. This article was writ written, and without I mean everybody's got their opinions, and they're all a little different. But without exception, there's like Tuka Rask, who's Boston. And by the way, last week on our podcast, I said he was with the Penguins. Oh, and Jason's like, no, I'm like, but black and gold. Oh, black and gold, wrong black and gold. <laughs> I saw him in the uniform, black and gold. Um, Hellebuck from Winnipeg, um, Kemper from Arizona. Bishop, Ben Bishop, who's a beast. He's so tall with Dallas. Um, Vasilevsky with Tampa Bay and then Markstrom with Vancouver. They're constantly mentioned mm -hmm. as the top four, five, six goalies. But in this particular one that I was reading, it was talked about the top four goalies going into sort of, they assessed it on 2019, kind of right after early 2020, um, they made this assessment and Leonard was identified as number four. Wow. And in that article, he was still wearing the Chicago jersey. Mm. So he's considered an elite up-and-coming goalie for sure. He's not, you know, second fiddle, really. Right. Um, he's, um, now, he's been with three teams. Yeah, which, you know, this In the is, last four years. Which, you know, makes you wonder exactly what's going on. Because even after, when he was with the Islanders, you know, he... He was very well supported there. They really loved him there. They did everything they could to help him there. But that final contract was given to the other the other goalie who was older than him and didn't have as good of a record as uh, he had. I have it written down here. I'm not sure who the Islander goalie is off the top of my head. So I just think that he, you know... I'm curious to kind of what was happening and that could have been during the time when you know he had just come out of rehab and things like that and maybe they weren't ready to commit to someone or didn't know uh, but then he went to the Blackhawks and then he um, got hurt he had a knee injury there and that's when um, that Corey Crawford kind of took over and took his spot there as well so it's been kind of interesting for someone who's so high up or so well regarded as a goalie that he hasn't found a place to land long term. Does that make sense? Yeah. And maybe it's maybe we'll save this for the third period when we talk, you know, some of the personal issues that he's had to deal with that people haven't wanted Absolutely. to invest him in in him long term because he's been a bit of a risk mm -hmm. as people perceived. For sure. 
Well, maybe that'll just segue us right into the third period. Was there anything else you might want to I don't add? really think so. It's been interesting to look at some of the, you know, the the statistics on some of these guys, but I don't think our listeners really want to get into that. I think some of our listeners are just Maybe real quick we can talk about the four goalies that will be available at the end of the season. Yes. So I was reading a little article about the four goalies who are coming up, I guess, with the end of their contracts. Of course, Leonard is one of them. Lynn Quist is another. Um, Mar- or I don't know if it was contracts or they will be moving on or assumed to be moving on. Um, Markstrom was, was listed as well with Vancouver and um, Holtby with the Capitals. And interestingly enough, Holtby had the worst stats of anybody. He had like an 89% save percentage and it, goals against him was 3.11. And, and the commentary, commentary around that was, even though his statistics were the worst, and here he is there going into the playoffs with right. this. Um, you know, of course the theory is you've got to have a great goalie and his stats are good. They say, well, they've, he's, they've got such a strong team around him. Mm-hmm. So well, and I think it just lends itself to the idea that it's not just one player, yes. it's not just one line. Um, it it takes an entire team, and you've got to pull it all together. And some, I think that there are times when we see our team where someone steps up or a line steps up, but it changes all the time. And we also we have so many. Um, People who do so many, so many players that do so many great things. We have usually when we score score five goals, you have five different people, five different players that have scored each of those goals. So I think it just, I think it takes, it takes a team. It's not just going to be your goaltender that's going to win for you or you know your star uh, goal shooter. Right. All right. So third period, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. It's something that we've been, I think we like tiptoe up to it occasionally and then, you know, withdraw. But this idea of Flurry versus Leonard and what's going to happen with our goaltending here um, in Vegas and what that looks like for the future. I feel like for me, uh, when they fired Gallant, it was such a shock to my emotional system. Mm-hmm. And it was a really an awakening to... Um, you know what hockey and probably any sport is all about and there was such an emotional connection I feel like the city had with the team that when that happened even though we had you know some players had we left before that here and there and you you know you mourn those little losses when Gallant left for me it kind of changed my perspective and my attitude towards the team I mean I am really competitive and I'm usually all about winning but that really solidified that idea that our goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And so whatever we need to do to get there, we've got to do. And as much as I don't want to talk about Flurry, you know, the end of being the end of his career and moving towards the end of his career, especially after having, you know, such a great success story coming into the Knights, mm-hmm. having, you know, had sitting behind Matt Murray um, and the Penguins and, um, you know, being benched, I guess, for yeah. those couple of years, even during some of the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup wins, mm-hmm. he wasn't the starting goalie for those couple of wins. And so having him come here and have such a success story has been amazing. And I feel for him when I see him sitting on, you know, on the bench or, you know, in the box there, 
with the team with his with his hat on um <laughs> not playing and you know to me he looks sad but that's probably me over emotionalizing it uh, but it's something we have to talk about something we have to look at and I think Leonard has pushed us in that direction yeah. for sure yep so Leonard plays a different kind of game obviously than Flurry does and Flurry has always been ultra athletic and nimble and like a ninja and he's always been the kind of a goalie who's chased the puck he's gone out of his net he does the poke checks he does those types of things and it's been his athleticism that has enabled him to sort of save him and you know he does those little windmills and he's amazing to watch but he played his best season as i understand it statistically when he played for us the first year and he had dave prior as his coach who taught him to stay in the you know to stay closer to the net inside his crease all that kind of stuff and to use the athleticism when he had to as opposed to the means of the end you know so to speak mm -hmm. and so he played his best you know he played his best you know net minding if you will goaltending that year right and so um when we saw him play that last round robin game he kept where we you know we talked about that last we don't want to talk about it much more um but <laughs> he really was outside of that he was right. he was really kind of playing more aggressively and chasing the puck and um not playing his best uh, you know, in the best way. And, and Leonard, you don't see him moving a lot. You know, he doesn't, I mean, no. he goes side to side. Yeah, he moves out a bit, yeah. but he doesn't really. Um... He talks about, his, he does a lot of reading. Yes, reading and, the and play. I think, but I do want to say that they both stack the pads. They both okay, will yeah. go on their sides and stack the pads. Um, both of them do that. And I thought that was, that was interesting. Let me give you a tiny bit of history though, behind Dave Pryor. Okay. Because I think that that's really crucial to kind of what's happening right now. So when DeBoer was hired, um, that signaled the end of the director of goaltending, Dave Pryor's role of selecting a goalie each week. So Gallant didn't do that. Um, he left it up to, um, to Dave Pryor, which, it probably wasn't the most difficult decision because you know you've got one of the best goalies in all of the league and our backups okay you know but if Flurry is able to play Flurry was going to end up playing but when DeBoer was hired DeBoer said he was going to be picking the goalie and so uh, about a month after DeBoer was hired Subban was then traded um, along with a second round pick and a prospect to Chicago um, Blackhawks for the goaltender of Robin Leonard to have us to have Robin here a few days after that um, Dave Pryor was placed on administrative leave so it kind of exploded a little mm -hmm. bit in the goalie area and and I think you know gave um, uh, more power control. and control to DeBoer Right. And what was going to happen with the with the goalies? And and DeBoer, like you've said before, doesn't bring um, loyalty. He's he doesn't he's not connected to. I mean, we saw this. I mean, we, he hasn't put England on the ice mm -hmm. since he's been here. And England was playing all the time. Like Gallant seemed to have loyalty to certain players. And DeBoer I didn't totally bring that. Totally agree. You know that. And so DeBoer comes neutral and making decisions that you know will get the win. Mm -hmm. So that's well, and I think that that adds to 
to the emotion that maybe we felt as a community mm-hmm. and as fans because we could I could feel Gallant's loyalty and devotion to some players and even we've talked about this before even that Marcia So Carlson and Riley line mm-hmm. um, that or Riley mm-hmm. is that Riley Smith yeah Riley Smith's line that where they would just stay together no matter what was going on and we've seen Jabor move that line. Right. And move those players around mm-hmm. a little bit. And with success. Yes. With a lot of success. So um, so I agree. I think that it took that emotion out of mm-hmm. the situation and now has put it into, it's about winning. We're going to win and do what it takes to win. So here's a few statistical facts about Fleury and Leonard, which is interesting because, you know, we talked about Fleury maybe being down the, a little bit on the downswing of his career. This has been his worst year statistically since he was replaced by Matt Murray. Murray. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just been his worst year. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I, I can't speak to Leonard's if it's his best year or not, but I can tell you that when you compare them, so one of the articles that was um, uh, rated all of the goalies that were going in, like the 24 team, so this was before the play-in people had, had been, you know, teams had been decided. Um, Flurry came in out of those 24 uh, goalies as number 20 mm-hmm. so pretty low on the list right um of course Leonard wasn't ranked because they ranked who they believed at the time would be the starting goalie mm-hmm. and so they didn't rank Leonard um he probably would have maybe come in a little bit you know fairly maybe higher maybe not because statistically Fleury actually has had if you're looking at the playing year so pre-playoffs um he has had Fewer goals against, 2.77 to Leonard's 2.89. Now, his save percentage is lower at 0.905 when, and Leonard's is 0.92. But he's had, you know, more wins. Um, he's had more shutouts. He's had, uh, he has had a few more losses. But if you look at the percentage of wins against games played, um, uh, Fleury has 55% wins and uh, Leonard's 52%. Hmm. So it's not that they're... Um, their stats are really that far apart. However, it may be on the trajectory of the play. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as you had said earlier, maybe not before we started the podcast, that Leonard has not lost a game that he's played with the Golden Knights jersey on. Right. He's had seven wins. So since we acquired Leonard, the VGK has gone 5-2-0. and Leonard winning all three of his starts before uh, we had the break. Um, and Flurry beat Edmonton twice and then lost to L.A. and Winnipeg. So, I mean, I don't know that L.A. is a fair loss because <laughs> normally, normally, you know, some of our better players don't play. It's like one of those, you know, rest games where some people take a rest and don't play. So I don't know that that's necessarily fair. But I think for the most part, they're pretty even. And even before during the round robin in the uh, exhibition game and the round robin, they were both equal. They right. both had wins, um, two wins going into the series. So so with Leonard being one of those guys that's on basically at the end of the season, um, he's going to be able to be a, a free agent. He can go where he wants and people will be hunting him. Um, you were looking at cap space earlier. Um, I saw that it's. Un- I read something today that said it's unlikely that we would have room to keep him or to kind of keep him on the team unless mm-hmm. there were some other trades or changes or things that happened. So, you know, That's what do you difficult. think about that? It's difficult to speculate because I, 
I mean, I don't know what what they're thinking. I don't know who we would give up. You know, if you just look at who's coming up to be, you know, finishing their contract this year and will be um, unrestricted free agents, we don't have enough space. We're talking about maybe three million. And I think he's looking for a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. You know, when he signed with Chicago, it was for one year for five million. You know, if, if we're looking to just compare to Flurry, um, Flurry makes seven million a year. So I don't know like what he's worth. I don't right. know where he would fall in that. I don't know where we would make that up. Um, but you know, that would be giving up uh, John Merrill, um, Thomas Nosek. John Merrill, what three million? Um, you know, I think he's just under two. Okay. Yeah, it's not something? that. Much. It's oh. not enough. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how they. I mean, I haven't. I understand how the cap salary works. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how they decide who's going to go where and right. who's worthy to give up and not. And I think there's some up. ability to defer caps. Like some, there's some tricks and things like that. They can defer bonuses or something like this, and mm-hmm. that maybe makes a difference. So I don't know. And we, but we do know that there's not going to be an increase in cap space this year. So right, because you know our that that's determined by how much money you make right. during the season clearly we're not going to be making as much money this season well i feel like we're running out of time is there anything we want to talk about with um about these two characters the character of leonard or any it's you know it's more beyond the statistics some of the personal things of sure. and Leonard. well i think they're pretty opposite on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of their personalities um i, I think in the kindness area i think they're pretty equal but i think their backgrounds or where they're from um kind of their life experiences are completely different and i think that that's interesting but i do want to say that um from the interviews i you know i watch all of the interviews all the way to the end till deborah talks but and you get a lot of information from those a lot of time or you kind of get where the there's a lot of dumb questions, but there are some good ones, and sometimes they'll give out some really interesting information, some of the players. But one of the things that Mark Stone talked about was when new players come to the team, that they're, it's very welcoming and that you know, it doesn't just come from the organization or management, but the, the players themselves. And it really seems like everyone's come around Leonard and that they've really gelled together. Uh, there was one um, commentary about Flurry and Leonard having a good relationship. And so I think that he's really meshed with the team, mm-hmm. but I do think that they're different. They have different playing styles. Um, I do feel a little bit, I'm going to admit that I feel a little bit more comfortable with him in the goal right now. Um, just, I think that he, he has a sense of confidence. You know that if he misses a goal or two, he's just going to be steady, mm-hmm. you know, but he does let in goals. Like, they're, they're going in. I remember thinking, watching him the first time he played for us, the first couple of games, like, that guy doesn't let in. I think he had a shutout the first game. Yes. Yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. We're like, he's never going to let anything past him. Right. right? He's like the walrus. <laughs> like Ben Bishop, who's like so massive, he just takes up the net. Right. You know, but he does let quite a few in, you know, I mean. He does, but I think he feels confident that you've got the, the rest of the team that can, you know, mm-hmm. come forward and do what they need to do and do their part in yeah. scoring goals. So it is going to happen sometimes, sure. but 
And he does seem un, un, not unsettled. What I mean is not, what's the opposite of unsettled? He seems confident and fine. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't rattle him. Rattle him, that's yeah, right. it doesn't rattle him when, it, when, when, the, he, when yeah, a puck goes right by. back up. And then some, I do feel sometimes Flurry like, he gets really mad at himself, and you're like, oh, is this going to be a bad game? Because Flurry will let four or five in in a really poor game. Yeah. You know, if he really sort of, his mind's not there. But right. It doesn't happen a lot, but... Yeah. Yeah, so I do kind of, I, I know what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. But we love our Flurry. We do love our Flurry. Our flower. Yeah. Um, one of the things that DeBoer said I thought was interesting, he said, competition in any position is a great motivational tool. And I really, uh, I hope that that it works out that way. Mm-hmm. I hope that it continues to make both of them better that they, and, and work together. You know, it's yeah. such a weird thing on a team. I went through this with my girls playing on sports teams. Like you're on a team, but you're still competing with each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. And it kind of creates this strange dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope it doesn't drive wedges in any way. I hope they continue to work together. I feel I like Flurry has kind that of kind of personality yeah. and character. Absolutely. One of the things that was stated in this article that I mentioned that the Jesse Granger wrote about a week ago, um, and he went to visit Flurry's hometown and try to understand, like, who create? How did this wonderful person cre- get created? You know, mm-hmm. um, not just the star. You know, all, definitely he'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, but how did you know? How was he? Wh- what's his hometown like? And he went to this little tiny town in Sorel, Quebec, and um, you know, met his family and met people. And um, one of the things that he observed was a coach with a um excuse me one of the things he says in this article that flurry does is that he's always trying to learn and so and he's a real people person so he makes people feel very very comfortable and one of these people was interviewed and he was an 18 year old and he was going to be on the ice with flurry and flurry said to him hey when i'm on the ice next can you um watch what I do and maybe give me some feedback on what I'm doing wrong <laughs> or what can I, I can improve. But he's constantly trying to learn yeah. as well he's very and humble. improve his game. Mm-hmm. Yes, and definitely he's got the humility and the kindness. And you, I don't know that anyone has anything bad to say about him. And I've heard this on the NHL Network and other analysts who talk and say Fleury is well-beloved through the whole NHL, like yeah. through everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Not surprised. So that's the kind of character he brings. And maybe that's why we, you know, like you say, the elephant in the room, we don't want to talk about him being maybe on the downward slope of his career. Yeah. And Leonard, I mean, he brings a lot of strength. Um, He's overcome a lot. Absolutely. And I think that speaks to his character, Mm -hmm. too. So we have two just high character guys out there. I mean, he really has been through a lot. He has... um, you know, stepped up to the plate, got the help that he needed. He uh, was doing a lot of drugs and drinking, um, had some mental health issues, uh, entered the NHL treatment program, uh, was in rehab for a couple months, and has really been on the up and up since then. Um, he's been diagnosed, well, he is an addict, and then he's also been diagnosed with ADHD and PTSD. So, and he's trying to get rid of that stigma, the mental health stigma, um, by talking about right. it. Right. He's really kind of an advocate for, the, for mental health and professional sport. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that our organization uh, could potentially embrace that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, I mean, right now he just feels like he's on loan right now. <laughs> right now. But if we did commit to him and have him um, as our goalie, uh, you know, with a contract, with an extended contract, I I I would love that. Yeah. Personally. 
I love that as well. Okay. Right. I think we've talked our heads off um, this time around. I want to say uh, keep a lookout for our new logo. Yes. We're going to have a new logo that we just threw something together um, in the beginning just so that we could um, get started. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't, we don't really, right now, nothing comes to mind about what we might want to talk about. So for those of you that are listening, if you could go on and comment um, after you listen, something that you might want to know about, something, you know, you questions that you might have about what's happening um, during the series right now, uh, anything, anything yeah. that you might want to know, we'd be happy to figure it out for you and share that with you. Yeah, and I think you should mention we do have an Instagram, so it, uh, as a means to try to get um, other listeners, which is the same handle, Ladies of the Nights, mm-hmm. and we're posting things on there constantly to try to just get more visibility and and whatnot. Yeah, I think the most important thing is uh, commenting and rating. We would love that. Awesome. Um, and we, we look forward to meeting up with you next week we've got a game a game tomorrow and back to back on sunday mm-hmm. see what happens if we can close these close these last two games right. out we'll be done for in this series yep and so we will be back in a week because there's so much going on and it's worth talking about playoffs and we'll find some other content that absolutely will be related to things beyond just playoff all right thank you so much for listening right. go knights go Thank you.